FYI, this podcast contains spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast that goes snipped. I'm your host, Jason Wolverine Pie Venable. And it's a b- 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 bonus flashback episode, Inferno Aftermath. And to kind of pick up the fiery, ashen pieces of Inferno and, and see what happened to our characters immediately following the massive Marvel event. We have a few issues to talk about. And there's really not a whole lot going on in any of these necessarily, but, you know, it could still be fun, right? Yeah. So, first up, we have Damage Control number four. This is written by Dwayne McDuffie, with pencils by Ernie Cologne, inked by Bob Wyacek, lettered by Rick Parker, colored by John Wellington. And this is called Excessive Farce. Um, I've never read this original Damage Control series. Apparently it's a comedy? Question mark? <laughs> um, it's definitely... Uh, what's it called? Some some parody going on. Uh, I do like, so in the top right-hand corner, there's kind of the corner banner that was on a lot of these Inferno books. I just a little triangle. It had the Inferno logo on it, and you can tell... You know, what books were involved and which ones weren't. And this one, it has the Inferno... Wow, can't say that word today. Has the Inferno logo. And then it says, continues, dot, 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 interminably. (laughs) Which I thought was pretty funny. So anyway, Damage Control was, when the superheroes need help, they call Damage Control. And this is number four in a four-issue limited series. So the idea behind damage control is that it's kind of like they sound, you know, they, they go around and clean up after superhero skirmishes, you know, all the property damage, collateral damage, whatever, they control it. Hence the name. On this cover, we have Wolverine in his solo book attire, you know, the all black jumpsuit with no sleeves and black gloves. And he's getting hit in the face with a pie. And he says, somebody dies. And we got a bunch of people running away from our scary hero. The art on this cover by Cologne. Uh, it is by the art interior artist as well, by the way, Ernie Cologne. Um, is very reminiscent of what Busima is doing concurrently on the Wolverine solo title. Uh, not just costume design, but the style is kind of similar. I actually think it's a pretty great cover. Um, it's funny, but not too cheesy, and the art's good. So, I like it. Alright, so what happens in this little book here? Um, Damage Control visits the X-Mansion rubble post-Inferno. Some of them are fooled by a holographic simulation and think the mansion is fine. Others see it trying to rebuild itself with robot arms. The damage control crew remember an earlier job when they were hired to repair the mansion. One of them got stuck in the danger room. Wolverine rushed in to save him, 
but the danger room goes all slapstick. The X-Men follow where they fight Groucho, Marx, and company as they try to reach the manual shutoff switch, which, of course, is on the other side of the room. Eventually, the X-Computers got repaired by the other damage control guys halting the comedic assault. Professor X mind-wipes damage control, but now, in, back in the present, some of them remember anyway. So I guess the mind-wipe wore off. Um, so we have some pretty interesting stuff here. And something that did irk me, though, on the podcast that goes snicked on page 10, we get a double snick, neither of which have the necessary T. So S-N-I-K. So I was all excited, like, oh, nice, a double snicked. Like, I love when they do that. And, you know, it's not spelled right. Then later in the issue during all the fighting, and Wolverine does actually get a pie in the face, so the cover delivers. Uh, there's a clown that hits him right square in the face with a pie. Um, he's a little tall in parts of this issue. That would be a mild complaint about the art. Not much of one. But there is a great scene. Where is it here? On page 23, if you have page numbers, if you're reading along, where Wolverine guts a clown. Like, just straight up. <laughs> Granted, it's a danger room clown, but still, it's a, it's a pretty uh, wicked image of him just, just slicing the guts right out of this clown. <laughs> There's also a part of the end where a very gruff, embarrassed Wolverine wants the Professor X to, uh, after he mind-wipes damage control, Wolverine makes a request that Professor X also mind wiped the rest of the X-Men to make them forget that he got hit in the face with a pie. <laughs> and they have a good laugh about it. So the art overall is pretty good. Some pretty good Wolverine moments. So that's nice. Uh, the story was silly, but it was still kind of interesting. And so, overall, I'm going to give damage control number four. Three out of six claws. I'm watching the clock and realizing just how exactly short this episode is going to be. <laughs> Most likely. We'll see if I get stuck somewhere. Uh, next off, we have The Punisher number 18. This is, you know, pretty early in The Punisher solo series. It's still written by Mike Barron. With a layout by Will Spertatio or Will Spertatio, I've heard both. Uh, finished art is by Scott Williams. Letters is by Ken Brusniak. And colors by John Wellington. And this is Face Off. Much before the movie. Uh, the cover is also by Pertatio. And it says Face Off with the Kingpin. And it has the Kingpin breaking through a wall to grab Punisher around the neck. And it's a, it's a pretty cool cover. Um, this was right before I started collecting the Punisher. Or not right before. Probably a couple of years. Um, I started collecting in the 30s. Um, but anyway, this Portatio run was one that I heavily sought after in the back issue bins. And this I remember this cover really catching my eye back in the day. And it's still a pretty great cover. Um, of course, we have that weird floppy hair thing that Pertatio did with the Punisher. But nonetheless, still a pretty great cover. 
So, why are we talking about the Punisher on the podcast that goes nicked prior to the first time Wolverine meets the Punisher? Well, because right around the time of Inferno, this has a street scene in New York City. And in the middle of this street scene that you could miss if you blinked or didn't know what you were looking for, but on the title page, by the credits, in a little, not very big panel, there's people walking down the street, following along one of our characters, one of our side characters, and he skateboards past the X-Men. And we have Rogue and Longshot and Dazzler and Colossus and Storm and Wolverine and Nightcrawler's tail. So just by the way, worth pointing out, this is the first time, or first published work, of Protatio drawing Wolverine. And it's too bad it's pretty pretty small, but it actually looks pretty decent. And you only see like him from the shoulder up in his jacket. He's not even in costume, but still, not bad. I also like how Nightcrawler, who's off-panel except for his tail, like his tail almost serves as an arrow pointing at Wolverine and maybe the rest of the X-Men too, but particularly looks like it's pointing at Wolverine. I'm wondering if that was kind of a coy way of Protatio saying, hey, look, look who I hid in this scene. Like he used it almost like an arrow to like to point out what he was doing. Because they, they play no part in the story at all. Like literally, this is it. They just, they, this guy skateboards past them and that that's it. So the story is kind of the um, the payoff story of, of the, the Punisher kind of trying to go after the Kingpin for the first time. And kind of it comes to this climax where Microchip, ha- uh, microchip has a computer virus that is crippling the Kingpin's business. Punisher and friends discuss whether taking out... and Yeah, this, for some reason in this little arc, Punisher made some friends. Um, anyway, they discuss whether taking out the Kingpin might start a gang war. Uh, parentheses, it will, just read Spidey or Daredevil. In parentheses. Punisher decides, screw it, and attacks the Kingpin anyway, getting his ass beat. Uh, Kingpin just whoops up on him. At the end of the fight, Kingpin has Microchip and threatens to kill Microchip unless Punisher has the virus erased. Punisher concedes and escapes because they all make a 24-hour truce. I won't kill you, you don't kill me, we go our separate ways 24 hours, and if we see each other again, all bets are off. Um, the art is not bad. Uh, it's actually pretty good, but it exhibits a lot of Protatio's early problems. Um, most notably the tiny arms that he used to draw back when he was getting started. Uh, it runs pretty rampant in this issue. Other than those little kind of quirky things that, that plagued his early penciling career, other than that, the art's really pretty good. The story, on the other hand, the plot is not bad, but it read very poorly. The dialogue was flat. The supporting characters sucked. Like, reading just now the synopsis that I kind of wrote, you know, to prepare for the episode, like... Sounds like it might be a pretty cool comic, but actually reading it was not very enjoyable. Which is too bad, because I have very good memories of this era of the Punisher, and it's been pretty up and down <laughs> doing my reread. But yeah, so uh, I'm, I'm going to sadly, it breaks my heart, but I'm going to give the Punisher number 18 two out of six claws. 
Just didn't really enjoy it that much. All right, so that's it for Wolverine in this episode. But we do have an Inferno Aftermath Sabretooth appearance. Sabretooth pops up in the New Mutants number 75. Big issue. This is King of the Hill. Anyway, I can't, can't hum that fast as the, uh, oh, who was the band that, the refreshments, the theme song they did. Yeah, so King of the Hill is written by Louise Simonson, of course. Then we have a guest penciler, John Byrne. That's interesting. Bob McLeod is the inker, um, and Joe Rosen is the letterer. Glennis Oliver does the colors, which is great. And um, on the cover, also by John Byrne, we have Magneto battles the Black King and nothing will be the same. And on top of a pile of scrap metal, we have Sebastian Shaw with his super thigh-high boots punching Magneto in the jaw. Shaw punched to the jaw. And Magneto looks taken back, but he's about to magnify something. His hands aglow. Then flanking them on either side, we have Selene, the Black Queen, and Emma Frost, the White Queen. Kind of like, ooh, taking a vested interest in who's going to win this fight. Um, So that's kind of where we start off. You know, this kind of the culmination of... You know, if you've been reading New Mutants in this time, and I have read just a little bit, got to get ready for Inferno and, and catching up. Though, happy to say, well, not happy to say that my Deadpool first appearance is just a reprint, but um, happy to say I'm going to be able to finish out the New Mutants from here on out. So from Inferno up, you know, or a little, bit, a little bit before Inferno up, I, I have all the New Mutants now, so I can read along with those. And... As I mentioned on Twitter, um, I think a lot of the early ones are in Marvel, if not all, maybe, possibly. I haven't looked yet. Um, but it's in Marvel Unlimited, which I have, you know, for at least a year. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to honor the, uh, the recommendations of, of John Wilson and Andrew Autry and probably countless others and, and go back and reread some of those. I just finished the three Hawkeye runs, the Fraction Aja, why did I say that like that? The Fraction AHA run and um, then uh, Jeff, both of Jeff Lemire's runs. And enjoyed that quite a bit. And then now I'm reading, based on uh, Jack's recommendation from the Intra Comics podcast, uh, catching up on some Iron Fist, specifically looking at the uh, Fraction Brewbreaker run on Immortal Iron Fist. And, you know, we'll see where it takes it from there. But after I finish that, I'm going to do New Mutants what I can find on there. And then I have a hankering. I think I'm going to uh, go back and check out some Silver Surfer. So see what I can find on there for that. Um, anyway, that's that's kind of what I've been doing. So anyway, I don't, why, why, why this tangent? Oh yeah, New Mutants. Yeah. So I have a lot more New Mutants to read now and kind of catch up. And so that should be fun. But anyway, this is a culmination of the story of Magneto and his... Uh, dalliance into the hellfire club and now there's kind of a power struggle and we start off with the new mutants uh returning to the mansion and of course it's all in rubble and they're all in shock 
Uh, notably, we have little Ileana now with us. So they decide they're going to try to maybe clean up a little bit, but um, Dottie sees a death glow, but they're not really dead yet. Someone's barely alive, and Sunfire is going to try to... Not Sunfire, Sunspot is going to try to save him, so he lifts up some rubble with his power, and out jumps Sabretooth. He was buried under the mansion when the... Uh, when it was destroyed while Mr. Sinister and the Marauders fought the X-Men at the end of Inferno. And so he jumps out in classic John Byrne style, slashes at, at Sunspot. And that was really fun that John Byrne, who drew Sabretooth's first appearance, got to come back and draw some more Sabretooth. Though he kind of had a shark mouth in some panels. Or not even shark mouth, maybe like maybe little piranha mouth. I don't know. All his teeth are razor filed in this issue. Um, anyway, Sunspot takes him out a little too easily, but, you know, he was buried and barely alive, according to uh, Moonstar. So his healing factor is uh, trying to catch up. I like that the new mutants have no idea who he is. <laughs> and Sabretooth brags about what he did, how he tore down the mansion, the Marauders. He works for Mr. Sinister, kind of catches you up on what happened and... And Inferno even says, blew this place all to Hades. You should have been here. It was a laugh, right? And then he passes out. They think he's dead. But Moonstar no longer sees the death death thing, death glow. So, But they attribute it to she's, her powers have been going a little wonky. So then Magneto shows up with one orange leg. And he's with the Hellfire Club. And the new mutants are mad. The school's destroyed. Magneto's been hanging out with the bad guys. They're kind of pissed. So he throws some metal at Magneto, which is admittedly not very smart. But then Sebastian Shaw jumps in the fray, and they all start fighting. And that's it for Sabretooth. So I'll just run through this real quick. Um, there's some fighting. Then Magneto wraps them all up in a big metal ball. Alexa, stop. Something I said made Alexa want to start playing the music. I'm not sure what it was. So yeah, Magneto wraps them up and they argue. Then they reveal what's going on with Ileana. Magneto's like, what? And they explain everything. Um, if you want to know, you can go back and listen to our Inferno episode. So Shaw gets mad. Says the Magneto is weak. The X-Men are dead. The new mutants have defied you time and time again. Now, Ileana, the most powerful and most use of us, he says, the most likely to serve our interests has been reduced to less than nothing. And he hits Magneto with a big whack. You, Magneto, are now less than nothing. I move that you be removed as the white king in the Hellfire Club. Magneto says, oh, yeah, take this. And uh, throws a bunch of shrapnel at him. And he talks about all the things he did to gain power and gain control of the X-Men, and then the New Mutants, and then the Hellfire Club. He was making a power base upon which to build a foundation for control and peace among our kind. But then the Mutant Massacre happened. He basically says that he allowed the X-Men to face the Marauders alone. They were his first line of defense, and they failed. And he didn't want to send the New Mutants after him because he was still working with them. Yeah, so then they fight some more. The New Mutants watch with vested interest. And they're like, whoa, we let the X-Men die just to 
teach us a lesson? Uh, more fighty fight, lots of fighting, lots of talking, but it's all good. So, yeah. So then at the end, um, it looks like they destroy each other, but of course Magneto expels all the metal and emerges victorious um, and tells the Black Queen and White Queen that Shaw is unfit to be part of the Hellfire Club. But he talks about all his political clout and says the Magneto must go. They cannot work together. And so Magneto's like, all right, well, you ladies got to break the tie. And um, let's see. Yeah, so Emma sides with Magneto and Celine has a deciding vote. And Emma appeals to her Amazonian interest, which is interest to the uh, New Mutants because Roma's down there. And so Celine sides with Emma and Magneto and Shaw gets mad and scanters off uh, very daintily. Um, but he is in thigh-high boots. So there you go. And um, yeah, so that's the state of the Hellfire Club. Magneto lets the New Mutants go. And they decide they're not going to work with Magneto anymore. And uh, uh, Warlock makes a little helicopter and they all fly off. Um... Magneto talks about what he's going to do next. You know, basically, he knows they're going to go after Roma and will fight Celine, and then maybe they'll get rid of her, and then it'll just be Magneto and Emma. Sorry, kind of stalled it a little bit. I didn't take very good notes. I apologize. Um, Anyway, the art in this comic, I mean, it's John Byrne. Come on. It's fantastic. There's a couple of weird things with the colors that I don't blame on Oliver. I think I just got maybe a weird print. Like, like I talked, kind of joked about, there was one panel where Magneto's leg was, he had one orange leg as opposed to the rest of his purple and orange suit. No, I mean, purple and red suit. So yeah, a couple of weird, looks like just coloring printing mistakes. But other than that, visually, this book was fantastic. And the story had a lot of talking to go with its fighting, <laughs> but it was still pretty good and really interesting and even though I wasn't 100% invested in this, the totality of all these little subplots and storylines, I really enjoyed the way they kind of wrapped it up. Uh, so I'm going to give, and plus, like I said, John Byrne returning to draw Sabretooth, who he, he drew his first appearance way back in Iron Fist. So that was pretty cool to see. And it was cool to see the new mutants meet Sabretooth for the first time and just how vicious he was. And even as he was barely hanging on to life, quote-unquote. I mean, we know he's going to heal, but they don't. Um, so I just thought it was an interesting little little interaction there. Um, I'm going to give New Mutants number 75 five out of six claws. I really enjoyed this comic, and I'm looking forward to continuing my little run here. Um, So that is it. Short, short episode, Um, but that is our... Inferno Aftermath for your bonus flashback episode. So, a little peek behind the curtain. I have no idea what's next. I actually recorded this episode before me and Andrew finished what we were doing on Inferno. Um, So, I I have no idea when it's going to come out in the scheme of things. But I can say, so I don't know what's next. But I do know the next flashback will be Atlantis Attacks. So, yeah, that too look forward to question mark (laughs) anyway i hope you enjoyed this little just kind of uh you know 
post-Inferno action is kind of where our all right, and so what was obviously a uh, fine display of my excellent observation skills, on the end of this episode, recorded just silence. Like that sentence that cut off? That wasn't me just being a weirdo. <laughs> that was my computer being a weirdo. And I didn't notice until I went to start editing. Now, you didn't miss much of anything, really just the, the plugs for the show. Uh, literally... It was just a little less than 90 seconds of silence, maybe not even that much. In fact, I'm probably spending more time explaining to you what happened than what actually happened. So, with all that in mind, please like the Facebook page. Twitter is at SnickCast. Email us SnickCast at Yahoo.com. And the website with show notes is SnickCast.Podbean.com. Alright, so until next time, hugs and snicks. Bye-bye. And snacked.